0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hi, this is Roy Green with Beauties and the Beast. Each week, Catherine Swift, RoganCanadians.ca, financial columnist Linda Leatherdale, and former Member of Parliament Michelle Simpson, who was the seatmate to Justin Trudeau, all get together with me for a completely politically incorrect, truthful session. So for the Prime Minister of this country to say that somehow Premier Ford's bill overrides our rights and freedoms is a mistake and is an exaggeration, a a blatant exaggeration of what is actually happening and therefore allows people to get upset about something for which there's no foundation. So there's the uh, former Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, Brian Peckford, on this program earlier today, stating clearly that uh, Premier Ford is well within his rights under the charter, under Section 33, the notwithstanding clause, to engage that clause, to override the Ontario judge on the issue of the size of the uh, Council of the City of Toronto. And uh, spending some time with us to explain how this all came down, how how the notwithstanding clause became a significant player in the introduction of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada and the repatriation of the Constitution, Premier Peckford telling us very clearly that without the inclusion of the Notwithstanding Clause, there would have been no charter and the Constitution would not have been repatriated, and he was there. And when I brought up the issue of Jean Chrétien and Roy McMurtry and Roy Romano arguing that what Doug Ford is doing is inappropriate... Um Premier Peckford pointed out that all three of them hadn't been very much favorably disclosed toward the notwithstanding clause from the beginning. This is going to go on for a bit. And with us now to talk about this and about that and about other are the beauties. Catherine Swift, former CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale, Vice President of Cambria, Canada, at Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson, who sat shoulder to shoulder with the Prime Minister of Canada, as his personal seatmate, kind of keeping him in line during parliamentary sessions. At Michelle Simpson, how are you all doing? Great,
1: Great. notwithstanding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> notwithstanding, not you're with me.
1: Well, we all know a lot more about the notwithstanding clause than we ever wanted to.
0: Well, we we, sure. we we do, and one of the <laughs> things that I'd forgotten about and was reminded about, reminded of, yesterday was that the province of Quebec, after Robert Barassa had, in fact, invoked the notwithstanding clause to overrule the Supreme Court of Canada on Bill 101, they retroactively applied the notwithstanding clause to every piece of legislation in Quebec. Yeah. It was known as Bill 62.
2: Mm.
1: Yep, that's a Quebec kind of thing, isn't
0: it? That's like saying, go ahead, make my day. Exactly. Anyway, so here we are, and then we have Maxime Bernier's new political party. And he's going to be with me tomorrow, first guest out of the the gate. Maxime Bernier has always seemed to me to be a little bit of a combination of Clint Eastwood and Marlon Brando. (laughs) Has he fired six tweets or only five?
1: Uh, he'd, he'd he'd like that comparison. <laughs> yes, he would. I don't think I, I, I don't I, think it's. I've, I've sat. I've co-chaired a couple of task forces with Maxine Bernier over yeah. the years, and I got to know Max quite well in the process. And um, he's a nice guy, but he's he's clearly you know he's got a maverick element to him, and it's always been there. Um, but I got to say, uh, I like the guy. But I got to say, you know, the timing of this is just abysmal. I think a lot of people that have some sympathy for Bernier and what he's trying to do and might agree with a lot of his positions on issues, uh, we're a year away from an election. Why not? You know, would it really kill him to wait a year to do this? Let the election happen without the disruption this is undoubtedly going to cause, and we'll see how much it'll be, whether it'll be minor or major to the whole, you know, conservative. But we have what
0: we have, right?
1: We have, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I, I, I think the timing, a lot of people have really turned against him unfortunately, uh, because of him doing this now.
0: We shall see what happens tomorrow on the phones after I speak with Mr. Bernier. It'll be interesting because I, I find that there are, the people are either – there doesn't seem to be a gray area right now. It's either for or against. And what I was thinking or mentioned earlier and thinking earlier was that if he is able to make a connection, an emotional connection with folks – And if there are some two or three defections of, and I don't know if that's going to happen, if it's likely, if it's possible, but if there are two or three defections of reasonably significant players within the Conservative Party to him, then national media starts paying attention, and media would love an exchange of quotes between Bernier and Trudeau. I mean, that would be just, you know, what's what's what catnip? That's the word I was looking for, and 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 Andrew Scheer might find himself starved for oxygen in the room. There you go.
1: Well, everybody loves controversy, and this is very controversial. So it is, absolutely yeah.
3: true, Linda. And we've been here before with the Reform Party. Recall, and finally, we had to unite the right again because this is going to split the vote. And I'm sure Justin Trudeau is laughing all the way to the bank. That's oh, right. I'm sure that
0: I'm sure he's not he's not dismayed by this, Michelle.
2: No, he would be delighted, delighted to see Max. Um, pull some support so that it splits the right.
0: So is it incumbent now on the conservative party and Mr. Scheer to really, really, really stake their claim and to make themselves absolutely clearly heard and understood? Because as much as I, I've been looking for them to do that, they still haven't.
1: I think, I think it is. But personally, I think they absolutely should get ahead of this. Um, you know, the best offense and all that jazz. Yep. Uh, they, absolutely. They, they, and I agree with you, Roy. They haven't to date. And the election is not too much longer than a no. year away. No. So, no time like the present.
0: Because I think at some point people's emotions start to win out over everything else. It's just the way. You know, that's who we are. We're human beings. Part of our DNA is, is we respond emotionally to, to stimulus. Yeah. And emotionally, perhaps Bernier creates the kind of following that I don't know whether he can form a government, probably not, but I I wouldn't look at, I would never say never do anything anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they are right. Right.
0: You just don't know. You don't know. Yep. Okay, so uh, now that we've taken care of that (laughs) and the notwithstanding clause... (laughs) We're almost through our topics, and we're only seven minutes in.
1: Well, one, one thing I wanted to say about the whole notwithstanding thing, Roy, is it kills me that we have had so many governments in Canada over the years expand government without a peep from any of us taxpayers whose pockets are being picked in the process, and yet someone is abs- actually trying to reduce the size of government, and I think this has a whole heck of a lot to do with the fact that it's a conservative government doing this. If, if it was a liberal government or, you know, another government doing this, I doubt that we'd see anywhere near.
0: It is, the, it is la résistance. I, I
2: disagree.
0: I, okay. okay, go ahead, Michelle.
2: I disagree. This is about retribution by Doug Ford on behalf of himself and his deceased Brother. And that's how I see it. Because I listened to the clips about why he, out of his own mouth, why he was doing it, and he was inconsistent in his messaging.
3: Well, it's interesting. And, you know, I was with Hazel McCallion this past week. Hey, I got a brilliant minded woman award and she's one of them as well i was so honored to be in her company but yeah. she said go doug ford she is absolutely for it and i'm like i love her i respect her i'm still going but it's this really democratic of I me? Mean, it happened so fast she said it had to be done and let's not forget that john tory himself was in favor of
1: reducing the size yeah, he's on the record health. a few years ago yep. that's right yep. and there's nothing yep.
0: there's nothing undemocratic about this it is part and parcel of our process of doing business. The the notwithstanding clause has been used 15, maybe 20 times. It's not just been used once by Robert Barassa, It's been used repeatedly. In fact, Saskatchewan used it in a teacher's situation uh, earlier this year.
2: I think it's interesting that they're sitting on the weekend after uh, John Tory announced that they're going to still go... They're still going to challenge, and they also, Queen's Park MPs, MPPs, have to sit because they all have to be at the plowing match. So if it's so important, they can't sit Monday and Tuesday. I find that rather interesting.
3: The other thing I find interesting is Brian Moroni is not in favor of using this notwithstanding clause, and yet here is his daughter is the new attorney general.
1: That's great. Right. You know, yeah, that's interesting. That'll make for some interesting dinner table conversation. Well, it does. But
0: but coming back to the nuts and bolts of the issue, there's nothing unconstitutional about what um, no, by no. what Doug Ford is doing, yep. and all he needs is a majority of votes. In the legislature, which he can get because yeah. he's have the majority. And off you go. That piece of, you know, unless the appeal, if the appeal wins, the court appeal wins, the decision wins, then you don't need the notwithstanding exactly. clause, but right?
2: Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Well, and because this gets you back have to the have
1: whole the act right of judge thing. And, and anybody, I was listening to show earlier, Roy, and you had right. a guest on who was talking about the you know, the content of that judgment. And it was, I'm sorry, but reading it, and I did read the stupid thing, <laughs> it, it does read as extremely snarky and and biased. And, I mean, it doesn't read like a professional legal judgment. It really doesn't. And I think we we do have, and not the of course a lot of the judiciary, of course, doesn't fall into that category. But we do have activist judges that have a certain perspective, and many many lawyers have weighed in and said you can you can drive a Mack truck through this, you know, judgment yeah. legally. Yeah. And it, but th- that's still no guarantee an appeal will succeed, though. And that's the, that's the real challenge here because you're right, but if an appeal succeeds, no many, reason many, to go with the notwithstanding. All their need-
2: legal opinions were that it wasn't the right thing to do.
0: Well, the only thing that's required is for a majority vote in the Ontario legislature, and it's a done deal, because because the Premier has the right to do what he's doing. Hmm?
2: That you can't vote as a Canadian unless you were born here. Like, it leaves open, you know, as soon as you trample on the rights of people, then you can do it for other... Reasons.
0: Well, uh, answer this for me, please, Michelle. How are the rights of people being trampled by invoking the notwithstanding clause?
2: In this case, the, you know, they mucked with our election in Toronto. That You know, they messed it up, and they rushed it through. So what was the big rush? It
0: doesn't It doesn't matter. Uh, the right is, the right. it is the right of the setting government to do what they're doing. It's not taking away anyone's democratic rights. Besides, in Canada, when it comes time for people to register to vote, you don't have to provide any evidence that you are a Canadian citizen. No, so there's another, you know, we, if, we want, if we want to take your the, argument I another step further, we can do that.
2: I feel for the Canadians that put their name on the ballot and made huge sacrifices, and we went. Okay, we're going to have 47, forty-seven, mm-hmm. twenty-five. No, I, Michelle, back Michelle, yeah, I get you what you're Michelle. saying. I you have, have to exchange. take. I have
0: to take a break, beauties. I have to take a break. But the point is, let's come back to this if you want to, or get on to our last topic. The point is that when you're the sitting government, you can enact the notwithstanding clause. It is your right. You have enough votes. You pass the votes. It's done. The judge's ruling is overturned. And that's it. That's just the way it is. Um, to argue that it's not that way is wrong. Michelle's position that, um, that to do it when they did it, yeah, that's debatable. But we're be beyond that now. We're dealing with the notwithstanding clause. Anyway, if the court appeal is successful, then the notwithstanding clause is not going to be necessary. Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, The Beauties. Are we are we done with uh well, notwithstanding, or is there another thought uh, to deliver here?
1: Well, I, I just wanted to add, I guess, that you know, if people, it, I've seen many governments over the years do things that a lot of people disagreed with, of all political stripes, and if people don't like it, they can boot them out the next election. So, you know, to me, that's the bottom line here, and that's why governments are accountable, uh, and and that's exactly, you know, if people don't like it, then boot them out next time around.
0: And we had a referendum on that just a few weeks ago. <laughs> Right. I mean, look at the liberal, look at the liberal bench. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Thank you very much, Ms. Wynn.
1: And that's right. the way it should be.
0: All right. You know, that is the way it should be. So let's get at the issue of NAFTA. And uh, here we have our foreign affairs minister attending an event in Toronto last Monday in which tyrants are discussed. And uh, the tyrant that who was his presence was felt, supposedly, in the room, but wasn't brought up by name. From what I understand, I wasn't there, it was Donald Trump. How is this going to play in the United States with an administration that has a deal with Mexico and is led by a man who, if you upset him, you're going to pay a price? Mexico apparently has already made it known that, you know, we're if we go ahead without Canada, so be it and I'm going to be talking to American conservatives about this tomorrow on the show but um, let me start with you Michelle what what would you say about what miss Freeland did
2: quite frankly I thought she showed or the government showed extremely poor judgment based on the you know the fact that uh, Donald Trump is very sensitive to criticism, and it looked like he was being criticized. I thought the timing was bad, and uh, I wasn't impressed.
0: Do you think it was? Do you think there was intent there? Do you think there's some political gamesmanship being played to curry favor uh, at home no, at some point?
2: stupidity.
0: Stupidity. Okay. Well, that takes care of that. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, your thoughts. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I watched some of the video of, of her, of, of Freeland's talk at, at this thing. And first of all, um, they, they, it was called Taking on the Tyrant. Uh, and the theme was kind of, you know, tyrannical leaders around the world. And they flashed on their video screen pictures of Vladimir Putin, uh, Bashar Assad, you know, some real sure. serious, you know, yeah, ugly tyrants around the world. And Trump. Trump did get his picture flashed up there, by the way. So I mean, it certainly was about as subtle as a hammer to the head <laughs> in terms of uh, you know including Trump in this in this thing. And you know, even if Trump wasn't the notoriously thin-skinned baby that everybody knows he is, it, it it would still be horrendously, as Michelle said, bad bad judgment. And apparently, and again, this is just what I read, so you know, I have to take it on on uh, you know as evidence, but. Apparently she left NAFTA negotiations to come and speak at this conference and then headed back to them.
0: Oh, that'll work out well. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) So you really do wonder if these guys don't want it to just blow right up and then they can run on the next election as being the great defender of Canadians against the
0: evil And invited to dinner at the White House tomorrow. Thank you, beauties. (laughs) That that is our time for today. Okay. Toodaloo. 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 Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson, Catherine Swift